You ready? I'm ready. This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Oh, yeah. John Ross Dyke the first, founder yes. of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, yes. dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. H.P. Turner, what up? Oh, P.O.H. Number 23. K.O. number 19. Walk with us. Yo, I feel like 95. Sachi on my body. Biggie, Jiggle, Puffy, all that. Houston, Texas. Louisiana, shout out to y'all. <laughs> y'all see it? <laughs> Houston, Texas. Yeah, with the whole boot rocking with me. Listen, Top to the bottom. I love, I love the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The devotion, the appreciation that I've always found in people from New Orleans, specifically, but people from Louisiana. It, it goes without being matched. You know, I think that, you know, I would say y'all, New Yorkers, people from the East Coast, um, Houston, but the way the people from the boot kind of rep is unmatched. Yeah, we have to. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you put it on your shoulder because you're going through the struggle. Yeah. So yeah. everybody got to be ready yeah. at all times. Yeah. Salute before we get going with the episode. Salute. Yo, Houston, Texas, um, welcome back to the 112th edition of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Um, before we get started with the episode, I want to introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. Oh, yeah. I'm Slim Truce. Okay. The poet, black poet, coming out, trying to bring poetry to Houston. Okay. So we're trying to make something live, something creative. Okay. So I'm just a young person that's going through the struggle okay. in his life. So now I want to share my story with the world. So where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Slim underscore Truths. Okay. okay. Or you can find me on Facebook at uh, Truth Boykins. But nothing is posted on Facebook. Everything is going to be posted on IG. So please follow me on IG. Because everything is on there. I got you laced down from the beginning to the end. We talk about everything from heartbreaks, love. We talk about pretty much everything. Right, right. And uh, my name is... John Ross Dyke the First, founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Ross Dyke and Still underscore Visionary. If you would, connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. Also, the uh, Instagram page for my podcast is uh, the what's next pod underscore. Um, if you would, shop stillvisionary.com slash merch. Y'all, please support. Please support no my doubt. brother. No doubt. No doubt. Listen, before we get further into the podcast, I want to make sure that a few things go um, don't go without being said. I want to say shout out to my worshipful master. Thurman Jones, who kind of connected us on this level, right? Oh, yeah. Who kind of was just like, listen, um, 
Truth is doing something, so y'all need to connect. I want to say shout out to him. I want to say shout out to Kings of Israel number 19, POH number 23. I want to say shout out to H.B. Uh, Turner, most worshipful Grand Lodge of the state of Texas, and our Grandmaster, Andre J. Jones, 33rd. Yeah, most definite. Listen, man, um, welcome. I appreciate this opportunity, bro. Yeah, we've never, we've never connected on this level. We travel the same direction, and those that understand will understand what I just meant by that. But we haven't connected on this level before, and I think it's important to uh, highlight the people that have kind of put us together in this platform, and that's why I wanted to start out like that. Oh, yeah, definitely, and we can't uh, forget Fred Bryant. No doubt. Oh, for sure, for sure. Hold on, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, me and TJ talk. Mm-hmm. Say, man, I'm going to get you linked up with um, JR. Mm-hmm. I said, from there, bro, I said, I just need that opportunity. That way we can get out here and eat. I yeah. always respect you and seeing your work. Right. I done seen your craft as well yeah. with the poetry side. Right. Well, you done spit at our grand sessions before. Right, right. So I thought right. that was the craft that you was going to. I always supported you. Oh, no doubt, for sure. And it's going to continue to support you. For sure, I appreciate it. I also like the fact that you know you said let's let's do it twice, and you know people have said to me, "Hey, I can't wait to get back to the podcast," and I kind of dropped the ball on that. But um, for you, I know that um, when that book comes, we're gonna sit with the book in hand. We're oh, gonna yeah. talk about the creation to, of it today, but we're gonna sit with the book in hand and really kind of delve into it. And 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 I want to get I want to see how you are on that day because that day is like none other. When you get ready to drop something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's the day that you're dropping and, and, you know, everybody's here to celebrate you, to memorialize you, to say, hey, man, got job well done. It's a different feeling than it is when you're talking about the actual aspect of creating it. Oh, yeah, but <clears throat> definitely the exclusive will be here on mm. what's next. Mm. So mm. everybody mm. who's mm. following mm. my mm. brother, mm. it will be here mm. on what's next the exclusive. No doubt. No doubt. So no doubt. everything, all the details will be drive, driven through my brother right here. So we're going to make sure everything is on point, online, but I'm definitely excited about it. I'm finally able to tell my story mm. about things I went through. Some of the stuff I'm talking about is things that I have seen people go through, mm. but it's still my story because it's part of my life. Right, right, right. So how you doing, man? Break it down for me. Oh, most definitely, man. This book, um, it's manifested years ago, man, all the way back to 1992. Mm. My mom passed in 91, so I was kind of dark for a while. So when I was dealing with people, they told me my outlet should be writing to calm my nerves because I was ready to get out there 5150 with anything, everything, anybody. And I had to realize that when God does something, we don't understand at that point. But right now, we need to get to the point where we're able to realize what's going on in life. And if I didn't get my life together then I wouldn't be here right now because things happen so fast. So I wrote and wrote and wrote for years, even with with the battles of cancer. I I got notebooks full of writings that I wrote to leave a legacy for my kids so they all know who I am. So I wrote a daily journal so people could see, okay, my dad was this this way from the word of mouth, but when you read the pages that I've written for myself each day, about my journey, now you're able to see, hey, this was my dad. I didn't have nothing to hide. I done been almost everything in the world, but when it comes down to the reality of everything, you got to face it. 
So when I started writing and I was hesitant about sharing my life with people because, you know, that shows a weakness in men. Right. So by us being alpha men, we want to keep things internalized. So by me trying to internalize everything, I was like, man, I'm not going to share that because somebody's going to know I was weak at this point. Right. They're going to know how to attack me. Right. So if you know how to attack a man, then a man going to be like an animal. We're going to have to make sure that we can withstand any storm that comes against us and still stand as a man. Right. So my writings, like I tell everybody, it's going to touch you in all different kinds of ways because I'm not just writing about love because everybody look at poetry as love. Poetry is love. Poetry is pain. Poetry is destruction. Poetry is also uplifting when you're going through the struggle. Because when you come back around, when you couldn't do it by yourself and you had to look up to the man upstairs and he have you here to this day, you can't do nothing but share because it's not about your life anymore. Your testimony should be directed, directly to God. And right. that's where my mind's coming from. Right. I want to make sure um, that during this conversation, we both learn from each other more than we have before. Um, and so when I, when I, when I set the podcast up to talk to people on the, on the conversation on the podcast, rather, I know that sometimes it can be more of a, it can be like, wow, you know what? I finally get a chance to tell my story. Like you said early on. Um, and I, I'm careful to use the word conversation because I feel in conversations, that is where you learn from people when, if you're talking and listening if you're receiving and you're also giving that is what you learn from somebody before we and and, and two number two is that um we don't have the book in hand right mm -hmm. that's coming but i want to i want to make sure that we focus specifically today on the creation process about it so before we get started you know i want to know you're from new orleans yep or, or from around there. Just talk to me about the yeah, beginning from, there. Yeah, from the city on my mom's side. But when we broke down, my dad is from North Louisiana, where I had the opportunity to get in both sides. Also, Bro Bridge, Louisiana. Shout out to the LeBlanc Z nuns out there in the order hunts. Y'all, I'm trying to do something positive for us. The boy is up in um, Logan Sport. I'm here. The Murray's down in Lake Charles, all the way back to New Orleans. I'm here. I'm trying to carry the family on my back to build a legacy that we can live. Okay. If somebody were to ask you um, to define yourself in one word, what would that word be for you? I definitely would say um, storm built. Storm built. And I say storm built because I have faced a lot of things, a lot of adversity. I done went through a whole lot in my life. I faced death at a young age. When I lost my mom four days before my birthday in 1991, it made me grow up quick because now I had to help raise my twin sisters that were three years old at the time. How old were you? I was about to be 10 years old. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So this year it'll be 30 years that my mom been passed away. So what other way to celebrate it than to continue to do something positive? And my mom died at 30. So mm -hmm. 30 and 30, mm -hmm. here comes the book. Right. So God made sure I could put the book out now, 30 years later, so that I can understand how life actually evolves. Right. So with my twin sisters would go directly to me. They wouldn't go to my grandmother, my grandfather, or my older sister. They came to me and asked me about mom. They didn't go to my dad. So it made me become a man and carry my family on my back and let them know, hey, if I quit, then everybody quit. 
Right. So let's go out here and get it. Right. In this time period, 2021, um, we're facing a lot of reverse racism. It's 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 it, and, and we'll dive into it because I read a piece of yours in the phone and I was like, okay, we got to talk about this, <laughs> right? Um, so um, you're so why now? Why now? We talk about and for me, I guess I guess for me, this is where I come from it at it. It's never too late to do anything in life, right? If you get the creative juices to do so, they should just flow, right? And I like to say that creativity comes from experiences because it's in those experiences that you become creative. And I hate to define a word with the word in the definition, but that's just simply what it is. You know, when you when you are maybe in a dark room, maybe you're driving, maybe you're walking, maybe you're at work and you get this idea that kind of like it flows and it, and it, and it drops. You mentioned poetry. Creativity comes from experiences. Let, let's start. The first time you wrote a poem up until when you were ready to write the book or put these pieces together to form a book. Okay. In 1992, the first thing I wrote was about suicide, about I didn't want to be here anymore. I want to be where my mother was at. So in 92, you, you're a kid. I'm 11 years old. 11 year old shouldn't be thinking about that. But in the time I grew up, older people made you grow up. Tell you, hey, God doesn't make mistakes. Time to grow up and go on. So I internalize a lot of things that turn into pain. So as you got pain in the inside, you don't have nobody to talk to, then you react. So if you react, you might react in a good way or you might react stupid. Mm -hmm. So a lot of stupid mistakes that you make doesn't define who you are today. So I had to realize that as I went through my walk. So I shed everybody off. Closed everybody off. So now, as the buildup was coming up to the book, I had to realize if I don't let somebody in, tell somebody my story, right. help somebody else, right. then I'm not being the servant as God required me to be. Right. Because the story that happened with me is bigger than me. Right. But you don't understand that at, at first. Right. So, like I tell people, I contemplated suicide before while I was in college. And... Suicide is something real because right. you go through a real life depression, but a lot of people in your family don't understand you because they're going to blow it off like, oh, you're going to be okay. Just call me. You call that person that said they were going to be there for you, and then they're not. So now you're looking for an outlet. Right. So when I quit looking for an outlet and start looking for a solution, which was my writing, me accepting life for what it was, accepting my BS that I had um, start going through. Right. Because a lot of times I hurt people along the way because I wasn't ready to deal with what I had going on. Right. So you use people as a crutch. Right. So when you had that crutch, it was a distraction. So if you use somebody as a distraction until you can get to the point where you need to be at, then you're hurting somebody on the, the way for you to heal yourself. So if you can't heal yourself in the process of helping with the person that's helping you, then you actually are a time bomb. At some point, you're going to either destroy yourself or destroy everybody around you. So I had to realize, hey, man, if I don't get my stuff together, I don't start letting stuff out, then I'm going to either self-destruct or I'm going to destroy the wrong person that was the one that I needed to carry me along the way. Right. This is a safe space, okay, where creatives congregate and talk about the process of how they create. 
I want to make sure that I don't leave any stone unturned. At 11 years old, because I know where I was the first time my father said, uh, God, don't make mistakes. I know um, where my homegirl was uh, who recently, not recently, but just pa- just buried her husband, right? And people who are on her side, on both sides of the family, are telling her that God doesn't make mistakes. And I remember reading you know, her response to me when she said that. I remember thinking about my response when my father told me, hey, the Lord, don't question God. God don't make mistakes um, in, in regards to me burying my first child, right? Um, at 11 years old, when somebody tells you after your mom is passing, you're dealing with this one, somebody tells you that God doesn't make mistakes, do you, do you remember what thoughts came to your mind at that time? Oh, the thoughts that came in my mind was I couldn't depend on nobody at that time but myself. So that's why I internalized everything. Right. I didn't trust nobody to take me to that wall. Right. We're personal things. So if you internalize things that are going on with you, nobody knows how to help you. So I felt like the only person that could help me was God and myself. Mm. So I was in my own storm. Right. So at 11, I'm just sitting back recalling the conversations me and my siblings had. And we was like, when mama coming back, she's not coming back no more. So it's something that we got to realize, accept, and we got to push through because my grandparents taught us, okay, you got to learn how to work. You got to learn how to take care of yourself. You got to learn how to push through because God does not make mistakes. As an 11-year-old, that's a lot of pressure. And if you're not built for it, it's going to either destroy you or are you going to react in a manner to the point where you're going to end up either in jail, you're going to hurt somebody, or you're just going to be lost? Right. And I was trying not to be lost because I had my siblings that I had to live for. Right. So when I'm looking at the twins, I'm like, man, I got to push. If I don't push, they going to quit. If I look at my older sister, she was a, um, nocturnal, so she kept everything in. So when I see you an introvert, and I know that you're supposed to be our strength. I have to take on the strength myself at 11 years old. So anything was going on with my siblings, then you had to deal with me. And that was it. Right. Because that was my responsibility. My grandfather raised me say, hey, make sure you take care of your family. Take care of your sisters. If I leave tomorrow, make sure they are good. So this day... Me and my sister's got the, one of the best bonds that I can say we're going to talk. If we don't talk every day, when we do talk, it's going to be fun. If we around each other, it's just us. We don't need a crowd. We're going to clown. We're going to have fun. We're going to turn up. Everybody's going to say, oh, them Herman kids. Because mm. they know we going to ha- have natural fun, but we had to work to get there. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people would have gave up. Right. And I couldn't give up because if I gave up, I wouldn't be here right now to have this conversation with you about a book. No doubt. Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You do what you do for yourself to prove you can do it for others. Even though the year of perfect vision needed corrective lenses, your vision was never out of focus. You remained still. You remained determined. Kobe said, 
The Mamba mentality is the attention to detail and the level of commitment. Run your race because you got time. Keep the momentum. Believe in your story, a creative story. Remember, never stay comfortable while trusting the process. Be innovative in your 720 hours. There will be stumbling blocks. You just keep pushing. Most importantly, what's next? Continue to drop. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday? Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Nineteen ninety two Suicide Peace. Okay. Twenty nineteen when you wrote the book or twenty twenty? Um, the book been um going for a while, but twenty nineteen when I started really okay. trying to construct everything, I was like, Okay, I'm finna take this on. Okay. I'm finna make a book. So I made me an Instagram page. I said, Okay, let me start getting some of my poetry out here. Okay. And see what kind of response I'm gonna get to see if people really wanna hear my story. So when I get people reaching out to me, they're like, man, that really helped me. Mm-hmm. Can you keep writing something? I, so I put a, a thing out there. I was like, okay, tell me what you want me to write about. So people start asking me to write about things, which me personally, I do a lot of things off the top of the head, text. I don't go proofread. I don't get the notebooks no more. It's just like the story that's inside of my heart, I have to let it out. So I don't sit back and write and erase and write and erase. So the poems I sent you today was straight off the top of the head. I'm sitting there watching um, CNN today, and I just spit it off the top of the head. I can talk about anything that's going on because I have turned my life over to God. So I told God, I said, hey, whatever assignment you have on my life, then let me be that vessel for you. So I put my name as a prophet versus a minister because a prophet carries out the teachings of God. Mm-hmm. So if I can tell you about my story, or help you through domestic violence. I can help you through heartbreaks. I can help you through getting to the point where you was almost about to go across the threshold to get married. Then I got to be that person because I've been in several situations and I've seen several situations. Right. So that one I wrote you today about the color, man, that one came to me. God came to me say, Hey, let's go. So everything flowed. Color can symbolize things, but why does mine incriminate me? Guilty before I even speak my peace. Do only the people of my color commit wrongs more than rights? My color blocks me from achieving things. My color disqualifies me. When we were born unique, but still all the same to a certain extent. We breathe the same air, bleed the same, can hurt the same. Stop letting my color blind you from the greatness inside of me, Slim Truths. Definitely. That was passionate. I meant that with everything that's going on right now with the senseless police shootings and also the shootings in our community, we got to definitely adjust what's going on in our own communities versus just what the police are doing. And that's why I tell people, I say, we say we pro-black, but are we pro-black? Because we need to take care of our communities no matter where we at, because killings are going on everywhere. If we were just voicing the ones that the police are doing, what's happening to the ones that are getting done by our own people? Right. And that's the drive that I want to push, because a lot of guys done been in situations that I've been in, and I'm still here to tell my story, because God had 
favor on me because he had an assignment. It doesn't mean that I'm better than the next person. It just means that this story that I'm telling in this book, please purchase the book. The book is going to be self-entitled Slim Truths. Remember that, Slim Truths. Slim Truths. So my quote is, say the truth about a lot, but do you know Slim Truths? So in this book, you're going to realize who I am, where I came from. It might touch a lot of y'all people in, a, in different ways, but the goal was to reach out and touch as many people that are going through situations that I've been through to try to help them pull to the other side, which is to our great, greater deity, which is God. Do you believe that every African-American man or woman, child, elder, um, is in a fight or flight mode. I I definitely do. Right now, we, I wrote a piece before that talks about when kids leave the house, if the parent can actually um, trust them leaving. Because when we grew up, most of us went to school, came home, Locked the door waiting on mom to get home or grandmother, whoever came to come home. But now we can't even trust that because when our kids leave our site, they're at school more than they with the parents. Right. So if you at work and you get that call that we got a senseless shooting at the school because we got school shootings going on right now. It's like so much that we have to look at as black Americans and it's not just trying to say, oh, black Americans are the only people that deal with things, but I feel like we never came through the oppression that we actually was in. The laws were made for everybody else, but we still trying to adapt to the ones that was set in the 60s and the 70s because segregation in Louisiana um, only started in 1980. That's not too long ago. I was born in 1981. So how does that look for me? To this day, knowing that 1980 is when segregation of the schools finally happened in Louisiana. So we trying to live something and change something that was already in place that was set to destroy us. Desegregation or segregation? Oh, the segregated school where the whites and blacks went to school? Uh-huh. Oh, it didn't happen until 1980. Okay. Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And that's a sad thing. So they started allowing y'all to go to school together. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. They started okay. allowing blacks and whites to go to school in 1980. Okay. My mom graduated 1979. That was the last class that was not with the whites, which is pretty much at the point where I tell people that's sad because right. it's not that far away. Right. Because some of us are 40. Some of us are 41, 42 years old. My sister was just born in 1980. And just to think, what if it would have rolled into 1990 and we would have had to live through the same uh, um, same problems because it's always a divide because the laws, I feel like, was made to a point where either you're going to get with the program or you're going to adapt or you're going to be lost. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times we lost because we don't have the community leaders out there teaching our community the different laws, the different pentacles, the way to adapt when the police come around and ask you certain questions. Mm-hmm. And that's what we fail as a race. We don't teach enough, but we speak enough. Right. If that makes sense. It, ma- it makes perfect sense. How do you feel that the craft um, has furthered your cause and your poetry? 
Oh, man, the craft. Where do I start? The craft has helped me with a lot of things, especially with temperance. Mm. Helped me with my fortitude when it came to certain things that was taught to me and said against me. Mm. It, when I learned the truth about a lot, when I say that, when I say my quote, it means that I learned how to be a man. The craft has taught me how to be a complete man, face adversity, know I got a shoulder to lean on, and I'm not alone. Right. So I agree. As that craft, as me going through the craft and going through my, my travels, it has helped me to become a better man. When we say to be a mason, we turn good men into better men, which it has made me a better man. Right. A lot of times we look at what made us, but until you get somebody around you, like Masonry has taught me, that can call you out on your mistakes, y'all have a conversation, y'all walk away, but it's still on your mind, then you know you got to go fix some stuff. Only person going to tell you something is somebody going to whisper good counsel to you is what, a good brother. A lot of times we don't receive things. If we can't receive, then we can't learn. Right. Anything that can't receive is going to be dead at the head. Right. And the crowd teaches you how to adapt to that, how to die to your ego. And I think that's where a lot of relationships fail and a lot of people fail because they don't know how to die to their own ego and realize that it's a bigger assignment than just what you feel like you got going on right now. And I'm trying not to be at that point where I'm going to destroy myself knowing I got a, a young man that I'm raising and trying to make him to be a good man. Right. So he already say he going to be a Mason. Right. So how he know he want to be a Mason if he don't see the work that I'm doing? And that's how we're going to have to be in the community. If people see us more in the communities, then people going to say, oh, who is that crowd? Because most people associate good things in, in the neighborhoods as rappers, entertainers some, of some format. But if you look at the crowd and quit prejudging us, and realize that we are here to help and quit putting up the resistance and calling us whatever you want to call us, which I won't say on the air, right. then you will see that you got good men that came out of that same community, whether we in Houston, Louisiana, or we in uh, Arkansas, or we in New York. At the end of the day, it's still the same goal that we're trying to achieve. Right. And that's to create something positive and turn a a good man into a better man. And if we see a bad person, if we don't spit knowledge to them and give them something to think about, then we fail. Right. Because the process is information. Information rules the nation. Right. Right. Um, where you get the name Slim Truths from? Oh, man. Slim Truths. Everybody called me Slim in school. My whole life, I used to be down to like 135, <laughs> 145. Everybody was like, man, this boy soaking wet, 135. Soaking wet, 145. So when I came out about the truths, I was sitting back and I was just thinking, I was like, man, what am I going to tell? Am I going to tell a story that I want people to like or am I going to tell people the truth? So I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to go with Slim Truths. <laughs> so that's where I came up with. Slim Truths because my name was already Slim. Everybody know me as Slim since high school. Got to college, everybody called me Slim. So now I'm speaking my truth. So I said, okay, Slim Truth. 
Yo, listen, so um, are you a spoken word artist or are you a page poet, in your opinion? I'm both. Because, like I tell people, how I'm in the crowd, and I really, really, really deep into the crowd. So when you're deep into the craft, it teaches you certain things that can always help you. As a Mason, I was taught to be a lecturer from the beginning. As a Mason today, I'm taught to give lectures off the top of my head, not bringing out books, not bringing out paperwork, not writing out things. So I can do either one. I can spit off the head. I can sit there and write you something. I can sit there and go back and just say, okay, I'm just going to be a page for it today. But everything that I post every day is straight off the head. Everything. I can sit there and I can look at what's going on in the world. And I'm like, okay, this going on. Do I want to write about this? Or is it too political? Because the one thing I don't want to get into is politics. I just want to speak life. And a lot of times people get caught up in the politics and they feel like you got the platform, but the platform is made for people that are into politics because you know the ins and outs of the law. So my thing is, if I can speak the truth into the community, I can speak the uh, truth into my family, then I'm already at a point where I'm gravitating outside of that because they're going to tell somebody that's not in the crowd. Right. Which I have people that follow me that's following people that's in the crowd that reach out to me and say, hey, brother, you helped me with this situation. You helped me with that. I tell a person at the end of the day, that's my goal. It's not about me. It's bigger than me. Do you have a piece to spit? Four bars. You want me to do four boys for you, bro? Yeah, yeah. Whatever you got for me, man. Oh. I want to hear something that I'm going to read and be like, okay, this guy right here. <laughs> nice. The New Orleans dudes. Yeah, I got so much different heat that I want to uh, spit to you guys. But I'm going to spit this one one uh, piece to you guys to see if it's going to touch you. And this one is called uh, Reflections. Due to the conceptions, the resemblance of you to measure greater than any conception, accepting you the way Christ accepts me, finally face to face with my reflection. Spirit eyes grazing back at me, the beauty in all your imperfections. Comforted in the peace you bring, just in knowing my soul is parallel to your direction and anything and everything I would ever need was staring back at me at my reflection. Slim truths. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Giving you things to expect in, in June, you say June, end of May, June. Yeah, June, definitely June. For sure. Um, Listen, like I said, um, I, I just wanted to get to, and for me, I got a, a great taste of um, where where you got your inception from. Oh, yeah. I got a great taste of that. When you were making the book, 
did you use any kind of music to kind of guide you along or is it just quiet? A lot of times I pray before I spit anything because I ask him to give me a word that I can share to the people. So when I do that, I can sit in silence. Sometimes I can be listening to music. Sometimes I can watch the news. I write all day. At any given day, any point of the day, I'm writing. I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, let me jot this down before I leave. Sometimes at 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, I get up. I got to write it down and go ahead and text it to myself so I don't forget it. I'm like, man, God put this on my mind. Let me write about it. And like I said, I write in so different angles. So you won't get this general poet that is just about love, just about pain. I write in so many different angles. So I tell people all the time, I say, I always have pieces for you. But um, things that I want to really push out to you is like this poem that I wrote. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come and on. I wrote this one. Um this was 2013 I wrote this poem. It was called A Son's Last Wish. Mm, okay. I say, you never realize how fast life can flash before your eyes. You never know how much pain you can endure. Lose your mind, wishing you could rewind time. Living what I hope was just a dream. Speaking and hearing your name fade away. No answer, no reply. Just wishing you could utter the words, mom is home, to receive your hugs, to um, see your beautiful smile. So I just sit and wonder if I had one last time. The love we shared, but we ran out of time. You left me with memories and an empty heart. Crying daily still isn't enough. Holding on to our last goodbyes, longing for the day we're joined together again. Mom, I miss you tons, and I know you're smiling down. Slim truth. Listen, um, <laughs> there's a friend of mine. Her name is Kalea Vaughn. I went to U of H with her. Huh? And she says, every time we talk on the podcast, she says that Nina Simone said that creativity, artistry should reflect the times that we're in. For me, when I internalize that, the comment, that she made um, the second time she was on the podcast. I had gone through the, the aspect of burying my son and everything that I started to write would revolve diving back into that emotion of not feeling cheated that I didn't get the opportunity to be a father for very long. And it would almost put me to tears to where I couldn't write anymore because it just got deeper and deeper and deeper. Some people have told me, push through, keep on going, keep on going, because that is where you get the, the, the art of it all. I'll ask to you, um, do you ever write poems now without the aspect of, and I almost got my answer, but do you ever write poems now without the aspect of um, your mom not being here to receive it? Um, oh, yeah. And your mom not being able here, being here to be your biggest critic or your biggest fan? Oh, yeah. This one is definitely for you, bro. Okay. It's called Walk a Mile in My Shoes. Mm. I say Walk a Mile in My Shoes. I bet you leave them. So many tests and trials I've been through. Holding on to God's hand while he leads me. Definitely a true test of faith. Backs turned against you and unanswered phone calls. I'm blessed to be here breathing and sharing my life experiences. 
before we judge the next person, realize it's not easy walking a mile in my shoes. Mm. So that piece right there lets me know everybody quick to say what you can overcome, but until you're in those shoes, you, you cannot really speak on it. Right. And I'm not going to really confide in it to you because if you haven't lost like I lost, if you haven't did the things that I've been through, you haven't felt that how I felt, if I confide in you, are you going to understand or you, are you going to judge me? That's why I wrote that play, that mm. um, poem, Walk mm. a Mile in My Shoes. Mm. Listen, man, um, today is April the 25th, 2021. We have 250 days left in the 2021 year. What do you hope to attain in 250 days? 250 days, I hope to obtain uh audience that's going to appreciate me for my work. Not because you might feel I look a certain way or I speak a certain way, but I want you to really take ownership of these stories that I'm trying to tell you. Because a lot of things can help you or help somebody that you know. Right. So before the end of the year, I want to make sure that my book is established I have my name engraved as a poet. Whether I make it to Hollywood or whatever, I want you to know that my words that I spoke to you will live when I'm not here. So that's my goal. By the end of the year, make sure I have built my brand. Right. Because at the end of the day, your brand has to be a reflection of who you are. Right. Not something that somebody else told you that you need to be. Mm. I'm always an original person. So... In the year, make sure y'all follow Slim underscore Truce. Okay. Because I'm going to spit flame for you every day. A lot of things that you're going to see, you're going to like, oh, why this ain't in the book? I already got the next book lined up. I got so much poetry that I have written that I got books for days set up. But this book right here is going to be to the point to help you guys because this is my first book of me sharing my inner pain, my love, my uh, failures, other people that I've seen fail where I felt like if I would have did more, I could have helped them. You're going to see a lot of that in this book. Okay. I'm going to save the, the, the curiosity and the uh, in-depth questions about the book for when the book drops, when we talk about it. We have a lot to discuss when the book drops. And I think that, I think it's the, the best. I want to get the before and the after. Like I said, I want to get... What led to the book? And now that I know that the book is your pain, your struggles in the beginning, when the book comes and I can hold it, touch it, read through a couple of pages, I want to see how you feel when you're dropping that first piece of work. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to hold you longer, right? But what I will say is that um, most importantly, the last question I want to ask is what's next? What's next? I'm looking to build off podcast for myself and also start a cooking spinoff show called Cooking with Truths. I'm trying to get that going. Also, I'm trying to continue to build my brand, get into movies or something. Everybody who know me know I do comedy. I cuts up, keep everybody laughing. So let's get the book out first. Let's let people know that Slim Truth is here not just for now, but here to stay. So the exclusive is here with my brother. Mm -hmm, Appreciate mm -hmm. no doubt, the opportunity. No doubt. no doubt. 
definitely appreciate the opportunity. So we're going to only build from here to go oh, up. For sure. For sure. For sure. But before you close out, I got one piece that I want to share with y'all. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's called In Life Thousands Can Be. In life, thousands can be affected by a simple mistake. Not considering the pain, selfish at times. Hard to stay in our own lanes. Difficulty admitting when we're wrong. Quick to cover up things, hiding our hands after throwing a rock. Seeking only our own advice, thinking we're above everyone else. Not seeing any insight, living the way some call conceited. Are we going to wake up to the BS that we have created? Strong-minded people need to listen as well. Question is, do you realize the way we affect so many others as we fail? Slim truth. Slim truth. Definitely. Listen, man, I like to impart of everybody who comes on the podcast an exclusive SVI t-shirt, the black SVI t-shirt on the backstillvisionary.com slash merch. That's one shirt I have for you. And the second shirt is the exclusive What's Next podcast t-shirt that I give to every creative that comes on the podcast. I started this in 2020. And I'm appreciative of your time, of you opening up the crib. It was a point in time. March and, and, and April have been tough for me in podcasting because I haven't had the grittiness that I need to get it done. I appreciate your flexibility and saying, hey, anytime I'm available because it really gives me that, okay, well, there's no excuse to get it done, not get it done. So um, I can't wait till the book drops. I can't wait to support it, read it, and then we talk about it on a day of because I feel like you'll be a different person when that first product drops and people have what you've been working so hard for. Yeah, I think I had the goosebumps that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like it's going to be worth it. It's going to be a good read. Please support the book. It's self-entitled. Slim Truths by Slim Truths. Right. You will learn a lot about me. You will also see the growth from where I started from to where I'm at now when we do the exclusive when the book drops. No doubt. Because I'm totally a different being than no when I wrote the book. No doubt. <laughs> Houston, Texas. My man Slim Truths here. POH 23 is in the building. KOI number 19 is in the building. I'm your boy. I'm your boy. John Ross Dyke I, founder of Still Visionary Inc. and creator of the What's Next podcast, dropping every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. This is episode 112. I do what I do for myself to prove that I could do it for others. Y'all look out for Slim Truths. It's dropping soon.
over. <laughs>